Let's talk about the art of business. Hello, beautiful. You are listening to episode 115 of the Africana Woman podcast. My name is Chulu, your host. I am a storyteller by design, commander of words, wellness entrepreneur, and coach. Sis, are you new here? We gon' party. <laughs> welcome, 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 darling. Where have you been? We have been waiting for you. Yes, you. You have officially joined that family you never knew you needed. You are about to have those conversations you never knew people had. And I'm so excited for you. Click the subscribe button and tell someone about this amazing podcast you just discovered. And to you, the loyal listener, thank you so, so much for your continued support. Now, can we just start with our wins, guys? Yeah, I never aspired it. <laughs> the Africana Woman Podcast Tour has sold out in Lusaka and in Kabwe. Like, hey, I never aspired it. <laughs> Thank you so much for the support. And I want to assure you that the team is working hard behind the scenes to make sure that this is a special experience for you too. And if you don't know already, I don't know why you don't know, but the Africana Woman podcast is going on the road for a podcast tour. Oh my gosh, exciting. So we will be in Kabwe on the 29th of April, Lusaka on the 6th of May, and Kitwe on the 26th of May. Tickets are still available for Kitwe. Now I'm telling you, these things are going like hotcakes, huh? Uh, so guys, contact 0977887467 to get yours today. Now it's so funny. People keep telling me, Hey, I've never been to something like this before. And I'm like, yeesh, even me, I, <laughs> and it, you know, it's my first time. Let's do it together. <laughs> but in all seriousness. This is my first time. This is the first time that a podcast tour is being held in Zambia. So it's a new experience for all of us. And I want us to have fun together just doing this and making this a reality. So do you know that we are almost at the end of season four? <laughs> I mean, I'm also, I mean, I'm shook. I'm spooked. Like, I think you will agree with me that the guests on season four have been nothing short of phenomenal. Today is no different. You know, I'm a creative person. You know, I draw, I sing. Um, I'm a creative person. And I think when people think of creativity, they think of it in a certain way, like a traditional way, you know. However, I truly believe that we are all invited to be co-creators with our maker. So in whatever you do, in whatever you touch, there is an art to it. 
Natasha Chumia is a serial entrepreneur and she shares how she is creative in the art of business. Please enjoy this conversation. Natasha Chumia is a serial entrepreneur who has started and failed at many businesses. Fortunately, she has succeeded at three core businesses centered around property and real estate. She's the founder and managing partner of Folatia and Chumia, one of the leading real estate law firms in Zambia. She is also the founder and CEO of Diaspora Connect, an online real estate agency that helps Zambians living abroad buy property back home in a safe and reliable way. And she's a property developer, using her knowledge of the markets to build and sell affordable apartments. Natasha holds a law degree from Warwick University in the UK and an MBA from the Graduate School of Business of UCT in South Africa. She's a former Bates Fellow and an award-winning lawyer. Guys, help me welcome Natasha to the Africana Woman Mike. I am so excited. <laughs> Hi. I'm so happy to be here, Julu. Thank you so much for having me here. Ah, you guys, let me tell you a little backstory. I have been following Natasha for a couple of years. I absolutely love her business. And I just think like the work that she does is amazing. So I was so excited when she was like, she would be on the podcast. And I'm so excited for you guys to get to know her. Thank you so much, first of all, for having me. I just want to recognize the work that you do. Because after you reached out to me, I started following you and I listened to your podcast. I started following your work, your retreats, and I'm a really big fan of what you do because there are not many African women, let alone Zambian women, who are doing what you do. You're a trailblazer. I know you recently celebrated 100 uh, episodes. So congratulations to you. I know it takes a lot of commitment, dedication and hard work. So I just want to recognize you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It means so much. Whenever I hear someone listens to the podcast, I'm like, oh my God, there's someone out there. Because <laughs> it always feels like you're talking to like nobody. But yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. No, you're, you're more than welcome. So you're a serial entrepreneur. You have failed a number of businesses. Like how many are those? Probably about nine or ten. I know people are going to be like, oh my gosh, is that what it takes to be an entrepreneur? <laughs> but tell me, why did you keep, like, when you got to number three, like, were you not just like, okay, no, I'm done with this thing. <laughs> How do you get to number 10? And then you're like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, what kept you going? <laughs> um, Gosh, that's a really good question. It never occurred to me to stop trying, to be honest with you. Because um, every time you start something new, it's, it's exciting. And it's, it's a fresh new idea that you can create and craft into this thing that can have so much potential. So I, yes, of course, it was discouraging to fail, but it's, it's part of the entrepreneurial journey. If you're, fail, if you're afraid to fail, you'll never make it as an entrepreneur. Unfortunately, the media and social media has given us this impression of overnight success, quick mm. success. So now a lot of people feel now that if, if it's not working, then I'm a failure. I've done something wrong. But it, it's really part of the journey. 
So I think what kept me going is the fact that um, I loved uh, starting new businesses and um, business is the way I create in this world. Um, a lot of people think of um, being creative as being in the arts, you know, music and and um, writing or maybe painting. But that's the way I see business. I think it's highly creative. And I think um, because I see it that way, it's just something that I've always wanted to do and again and again. And um, I have to admit, though, at some point when I got to like, number eight, nine, I thought, okay, I need to focus. Because also when you're an entrepreneur, you see opportunities everywhere. So for lots of entrepreneurs, it's a huge discipline to actually stop yourself from starting something new. And I read something in a book called um, Emis, which is a great book for any entrepreneur. Um, Sorry, I don't have the full citation. Um, but I can try and look for it after the interview. And um, he says, the author says, every time you say yes to something new, you're saying no to something. Mm-hmm. So that started to discipline me to say, okay, you can't keep chasing after every opportunity. Um, it's time to focus. Mm. So tell me, at which point do you realize that, okay, I'm going to stop with a a certain venture that you've created, right? How do you know that, okay, maybe it's time to move on? So sometimes it's just circumstance. You know, um, maybe sometimes the situation just changes um, and you're not able to go on. Uh, or maybe sometimes, um, so I'll give you an example. One of the businesses we tried to do was a boarding house, um, and we were renting my dad's house, and it was next to, oh, well, not next to, it was close to one of these universities. And so we thought, oh, okay, let's turn it into a boarding house. And then my father passed away a few months after we started that business. So it then moved into his estate, so we couldn't really carry that business on. So there will be situations where just because of the change of circumstance, you can't continue. Yeah. Um, the other thing that um, also got me to stop is where um, I'm not in alignment with whoever I'm doing the business with. Mm. So sometimes, you know, you get excited, you know, you're talking to someone, you're sharing ideas. It's like, yes, yes, let's do it. We can do it. And then now you get down to the nuts and bolts of um, starting that business and trying to get it off the ground. And, you know, you you can disagree. You might find that actually your visions are not so aligned. Mm. Um, and then it becomes extremely difficult to execute and to move further. So that would be another situation where um, you have to, you know, just call it a day. Um, and then also, if, if there have been situations where I've been unable to support the business, Um, to grow because, um, you know, there's a reason why so many startups, I can't remember the statistics if it's half or 80% of startups uh, fail. Yeah. Um, Because it's hard to get a business off the ground. And sometimes, and they need a lot of support. A new business needs a lot of support, time, energy, resources, money, attention. It's like a, it's like a child. And so where um, I wasn't able to do that, then I had to stop. And then actually, finally, another reason is where I just didn't have expertise, you know, and I think a lot of people do this. We have an idea, but then we don't even think about, can I actually see it through? Do I have the knowledge and experience 
to actually bring this idea to fruition. Sometimes it's just the excitement of saying, oh, this opportunity, you know, somebody says there's funding for this and you think, oh, I can do it. <laughs> but actually, you can't. So many reasons for failure. Mm. And many reasons to say, okay, this is the point where I need to step back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What led you into what you're doing right now? So, um, you know, I think that one of the things that um, made me focus on where I am right now is the realization that, okay, um, I actually have had these failures and maybe it's time to start focusing on on what is working, which is the law firm. (laughs) So um, I decided to give that more of my full attention. And one of the things that I saw is that uh, we had been doing a lot of real estate work. So a lot of uh, large developments in and around Lusaka um, had been our client or were our clients. Um, So we did um, the whole of Salama Park. We did Foxdale Estate. I don't know if these are areas that you're familiar with. Um, But we had done a number of large developments and uh, these were developers who were selling, um, they would take like a a big piece of land or farm um, and sell smaller units uh, to the public. So I came into contact with a lot of people from the diaspora. So they would come in and sign their paperwork and they would tell me how difficult it was for them to buy land being abroad. I'd be like, what? Really? You know, for us, we did it every day. It was our bread and butter, and it just seemed so straightforward. So I would listen to their stories about being swindled, usually by family and friends, and them not knowing uh, who to trust. So I thought, hmm, I think there's an opportunity here. So that's how di- the idea for Diaspora Connect was born. And um, it started as a project in the law firm, and then I had to incorporate it as a business on its own. And so that's that's the, the state agency business, which sells property to Zambians living abroad. And then I had a piece of land myself, and I was thinking, well, what should I do with it? Um, because I think that land should be a productive resource. Um, we shouldn't just sit on it. Uh, so I, I decided that's when I got into property development and um, I built um, flats, two bedroom apartments um, up to a gray structure for sale. And I just finished my second project in Foxdale. So I've built about 20 units in total. So that's how the long and winding road led to what I'm doing now. Yeah, I mean, I like the way that, you know, it's kind of like you need to take a step back and just, you know, just look and say, okay, what is working and really pull and, and figure out, okay, these are the strengths. These are the, cause they, what's that? There's like the 2080 rule that's like 20% of your business is what's, of, of what, of the activities that you're doing is what's actually bringing in uh, most of your income. But, you know, I think we also like to be very busy and feel like, oh, I'm so busy. I've got this, I've got this going on, this going on. So we never really take the time to just stop, be still and just say, okay, you know, what is actually bringing in that income? I'm doing, um, you know, doing that assessment. So I like that. I like that a lot. Now, um, tell me a little bit more about, um, partnering with somebody because I feel like a lot of what you've spoken about you've been you know you mentioned oh I was I started a business with a friend or there was a partner but I also find that there's a lot of people that are afraid 
to work with people, <laughs> if you know what I mean. It's like, how do I do it? And then how do I do it successfully? Yeah. I love that question. So um, a partnering for me is everything. It's so key. So I'm a Libra. I'm not like huge into like deep into astrology. But one thing I do know about Libras is that it's very important who we partner with in life, um, in our personal life, and also in business. We always want to have that partner. Um, so for me, um, all of my businesses, I, I don't think I've ever started a business alone. It starts with a conversation and it leads into a partnership, which leads into an opportunity and then a business. Um, and that's not to say that they're easy. Uh, any relationship has its problems. It has its ups and downs. But I think that when it comes to business, what is really important is, um, well, they're the obvious things like communication. Anybody will tell you that communication is key. Communication is important. And it is for all of our relationships. But I have found that when it comes to business, what is really key is making sure that you are in the same place with your partner. Uh, what do I mean by that? I mean that you have to be at the same sort of, um, um, you have to be in the same place financially. Uh, because I find that that's, that's often the, the rubbing point of a, of a business partnership is that it comes down to money, how you're managing the money, making the money, distributing the money. So if you are, if, and like I said, a, a business, especially a startup, needs a lot of attention and it needs financial attention. It needs resources. Um, when a business is new, that's not the time to be thinking, I need to rely on this for my livelihood. It can't support your livelihood at that stage. Now, there, of course, there are people who go into business just out of sheer desperation, and that's fine. And, and usually um, it works best if you're a sole trader. But if you're going to um, get into a partnership, then you both have to have an understanding to say that, okay, for this period of time, um, this is what the business can support. This is what it needs, and this is what it can support. Where the problems come in is where one partner needs more from the business than the business can sustain. So, so that, that can be an issue as well. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, like any marriage, because I always say a business partnership is a marriage. Um, like any marriage, uh, financial issues, money issues is what often leads to a divorce, is one of the factors that people can get divorced over, even in a business partnership. The other thing I think is that um, there's money and then there's time. So what have you agreed with your partner in terms of how much time you put in the business? Because that can also be a source of friction. Um, for you, it might be a side hustle. And then for your partner, it's their full-time gig. And, and that can lead to some conflict to say, look, I'm putting in all my time into this thing. And you're just taking it like it's a hobby. So you have to be really clear about that as well. Um, I've been very, very fortunate um, with my partner in the law firm because we totally understand each other. And it doesn't mean, of course, that we haven't had our differences. We have. Um, and, and we've sorted them out. But we've both understood that uh, we have interests outside the law firm. And so that works for us. So I have Diaspora Connect. She has really exciting projects 
that she's working on outside the law firm. So it works for us. If I had a partner that wanted me to put 100% of my time and attention on the law firm, it wouldn't have worked for me. So I think just having that level of clarity on, um, you know, time and resources is really, really key. Now, tell me a little bit more about, so you've got this busy um, work life, a career that you've built out, but then what's happening with your personal life? Like, are you a workaholic? Like, what's happening this side? <laughs> My partner says I am, but I don't think so. I argue with him about that. <laughs> I used to work a lot, a lot, a lot. But I would say probably around 2020, I think I got the closest to what, um, got the closest to burnout as I've ever had. So I really had to reassess the way I work, the hours that I work. Um, and, and I really changed, um, the way that I work after that. So I do try to have like a decent day in terms of work hours. I don't really work late unless I really, really have to. But 18 to 18.30, you know, that's when I want to down my tools. Of course, there are times when it gets really busy. So now we're about to launch a workshop that we're doing um, next week. Then it requires, there's a lot of work um, whenever you're trying to launch something. Um, but I do have a personal life. I have kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're out of the, the house now. My daughter's at university. My son is in grade 11. Um, so they definitely keep me on my toes. And like I said, I've got a wonderful partner who also demands my time and doesn't allow me to work like a crazy person. Now, guys, you should see this person who's talking about her, her children at university and good living. She looks like... <laughs> she's a twin like, oh, so beautiful. Like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking. I always used to joke with my daughter that um, when it was my birthday, I'd say, I'm 25, I'm 25. And she was like, mommy, what happens when I turn 20? So I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And so now she's turned 20. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but I'm sure you look like twins. And then everyone is saying, is this your sister? <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, I think a lot of what we do and talk about in Africana Woman is about building a a lifestyle and not necessarily, you know, because I feel like sometimes we get trapped and caught in, in like the extremes of something, right? So it's either you're working a lot or maybe you're not working, you're just sitting at home doing whatever, you know what I mean? But what does it mean to you to really build a lifestyle that um is fulfilling because then again like my own personal story story is that i got to a point where sure i was working but then i just didn't feel like the work that i was doing was um was meaningful like it wasn't helping people it wasn't it was just work for the sake of work you know what i mean so for you what does it mean to to build a lifestyle that um actually has some sort of meaning for you that's a wonderful question. I think for me, it has to start with um, self-actualizing. So, and by that, I mean, why am I here? Why did God put me here at this time, in this country, in this environment, um, in this family, in this place? 
Um, so I am always seeking to be everything that God created me to be. And I don't want to miss out on any of that. You know, um, I, I don't want to ever look back and think there are things that I should have done or I could have done, you know, and have those types of uh, regrets. So I think in building a lifestyle, it's definitely one that is purposeful. Um, it's like you said, it's about doing work that you love. Um, I mentioned earlier on that I love to be creative through and I express my creativity through business. So I, I really do love that. I love creating something exquisite. Uh, Jim Collins is a is a one of the best business writers in in the U.S. and he has a saying: uh, "Create something exquisite because it can be." Um, so that gives me a lot of meaning and a lot of purpose. You know, I love it when I have a feedback call with um, almost all of our clients in Diaspora Connect, and when I hear how much uh, they've appreciated our service how much they have um, loved what we've done for them. That really makes me happy. And then also, you know, in the law firm, the way I've seen people grow on our team, um, people who came in and maybe very shy, very reserved, and thinking that they could only be one thing, and to see them flourish and uh, blossom has is just so um, satisfying to me. So I... I think that um, business is not only art to me, but it's also something that can have a huge impact on on people's lives. You know, we had um, uh, one lady who started as uh, an assistant and she's now she's done her law degree. You know, she took herself to school. Um, she's now in Ziale. And we're just all looking forward to the day when she'll be called to the bar and we can celebrate that as well. But she's just accomplished so much. So those are the things that I find um, really, really uh, rewarding. And I think that's uh, that comes into building a lifestyle that has meaning and that has purpose. Um, and also my dad uh, always used to say, don't be average. You know, if we bought home a seat, we would be in a lot of trouble. So he always wanted us to be excellent. And at the time, I resented it. Um, but now, of course, that I'm older, I, I really appreciate it. I'm really grateful that he pushed us that much um, because it, it's also one of the things that m helps me to create a meaningful life is by being excellent. And, you know, our lives would be nothing with... For me, my lifestyle is also... Um, rooted in my community. So I have a wonderful community, my family. I have lifelong friends, which I realize as I get older, not everybody can say they have that, you know, but our friendships are like 40 years deep, you know, and, and that means, and it's like second, third generation friendships. You know, our mothers were friends. We are friends. Our kids are friends. That is so special to me. And I, it's something I really cherish. Okay, so first thing I want to say is just congratulations to um, the lady you spoke about who uh, took herself through law school and we're just going to wait for her to go through to be called to the bar. But why I really love that story is because I think so many people get stuck on having to do things in a timeline and they don't believe that they can, you know, your timeline can be different, right? Or you know, 
if you go to university, maybe a few years after your friends went to university, it doesn't mean like you're a failure. You know, you can still be everything that you have dreamed you can be. It just means that you're doing it at your own pace. And I love that story. That's so beautiful. So congratulations to her. You know, I just want to go back to um, something you had mentioned a little bit earlier. You had spoken about one of your businesses being ahead of its time. Um, and I feel like I found myself in such situations <laughs> where, you know, you, you start something and then you're like, you know what, people are not ready. They're not ready. <laughs> but what advice would you give to somebody who, um, I don't even want to say it's like futuristic, but you know, like you said, like somebody who's an entrepreneur, there's so many ideas, there's so many opportunities you're seeing and you just want to put things out there. You know what I mean? So how do you harness that energy and just make it work for you? I would say put them out. So, you know, we, we will never be satisfied in life if we're holding ourselves back. It's better that we just express who we are fully. So if you have something that is the market is not quite ready for, put it out and learn some lessons. But what you shouldn't do is not do it. And then one of the things that I would encourage you is if Zambia is not ready for it, there are other people who are. And now because of the Internet, you can have clients from anywhere in the world, um, especially when you are in the online space. And I think that's what I love about an online business is that um, I really I mean, it's not even something I believe, it's a fact, but success has been democratized. It's not about, and I, and I think that in Zambia, we don't, we're still behind. You know, we, we haven't really grasped that because we're still chasing for the tenders. We're still scrambling for a very small pie, but success has been democratized. If you can come up with a product or a service that can be consumed outside the borders of this country, then there's absolutely nothing to stop you. If, if we're not ready here, then somebody out there is ready for you. I love that. And I feel like I had that switch in probably 2019, 2020, where I just said that, oh, wait a moment. Like my market is not Zambia. It's not just Zambia. It's the whole world. Like, I am not restricting. It was like a limiting belief that I had to like break down and just believe that my market can be the whole world. Um, the market is out there. And I, love, I love just what you said too, limiting belief. And we have so many of them. I have them even to this day. You know, I want to grow and expand my business, but I have certain limiting beliefs. So we are never free of those beliefs. What we have to do is unpack them as we go along our journey and then come face to face with them and, and deal with them. So, um, yeah, you, you, you're absolutely right. I think um, the limiting belief is what stops us. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so all good things must come to an end. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha, please tell us how can we support you? Where do we find you? Um, yeah, is there, like you said, there's a, a workshop that you're doing. Um, so where do people get more information? Um, and, yeah, we'd love to know more. So people can find me on LinkedIn. I'm most active on LinkedIn, Natasha Chumia. 
And I also do a little bit on Instagram. Um, I'm not, you know, as <laughs> I'm not as active as I'd like to be, but I am still on there. So uh, I'm at Natasha.chumia on Instagram. So those are the two places that they can find me. And uh, we also have a YouTube channel, Buying Property in Zambia. And uh, we regularly put out um, a lot of videos, a lot of information, content about the property landscape and the real estate market. So those are the three main places. Nice. Fantastic. You know what? I feel like, you know, when you, you've met someone from afar and then when you actually meet them and you're like, yay, they're actually who you thought they were. I loved, love, love this conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> you're so welcome. And I have to say true that um, your questions were so thoughtful. Um, I could tell that you were really listening to uh, what I was uh, saying, even when I was going off on a tangent. Um, and it's always uh, such a pleasure to have somebody who can give you their undivided attention. We didn't discuss any of the questions in advance. So um, it, it was it was a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Natasha, she's great. She is, she's fabulous. So she has failed. Guys, get this. Natasha has failed at 10 businesses and succeeded at three. I think what really made the difference to getting her to her successes is self-introspection. It is so important to master leading yourself first. And I think a lot of times we get caught up, you know, we feel nice, you know, when we're doing busy work and then everyone around you is affirming you and saying, hey, you're such a busy person. And you're even like, yes, I'm busy. <laughs> you might be like, yeah, I'm doing it. But babe, at some point, you have to slow down and do an assessment. You need to be asking questions like, what is really working? Am I aligned? Where am I missing opportunities? What is dead weight? What about my behavior, attitude, personality could be impacting the business positively or negatively? There's so many questions that you could be asking, but if you're so busy and you don't have the time, you're always working in the business and not working on the business, right? So you cannot do that when you're busy all the time. Slow down. And that self-introspection does not have to be alone. As Africana women, we have designed a retreat for high-performing entrepreneurs who are women, and it is called Becoming, the Founders Circle. This is a peer-to-peer -peer coaching retreat where the participants will take deep dives into each's individual business and be able to share feedback, insight, and ask questions to help you assess yourself first of all, and then also help you to assess your business in an intellectually expansive environment. This collaborative container can only take three to five people. 
and it's going to be held in October from the 13th to the 15th in Livingston, Zambia. Now, if this is something that interests you and you want to find out more information about the Becoming Founders Circle Retreat, reach out to us at africanawoman at gmail.com. Guys, please give Natasha her roses. Find her on LinkedIn at Natasha Chumia. Let her know you heard her on the Africana Woman podcast and tell her what you learned. And if you are a Zambian in the diaspora who wants to invest in real estate back home, I highly recommend you check out Diaspora Connects. Like I said, I am a fan. I'm a believer. Like I have admired their work from afar for a very long time. And I love what they do. So this is actually a portion of the conversation that I had with Natasha. If you enjoyed what you heard so far, I know that you will definitely enjoy the full interview. Now, as an Africana woman visionary, you get exclusive access to the full interview. And if you're interested in joining the visionaries, please head over to AfricanaWoman.com or email us at africanawoman at gmail.com. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. My playground is Instagram. Find me at Chulu by Design. Take a screenshot of this episode, okay? And post it on your status. Telling people about the Africana Woman podcast is the best way that you can support us. Thank you so much in advance. I hope to see you on the road when we stop on our Africana Woman podcast tour. Again, tickets are still available in Kitwe, so get yours today. Until next time, this has been a production of Africana Woman Media.